You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here today on the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is March 8th, 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com today. Use that promo code Locked On 20 and get yourself 20% off on your next order. On the show today, we discuss the Jeremy Jeffress news. He's been released by the Nats and a really odd situation there. We'll touch on that. We'll discuss an article from Federal Baseball about something we touched on the other day, but um, you know the, the conversation about the Nationals not being on TV as much. And uh, you know, I, I lamented the other day, try not to do that too much, but I'm going to talk about the article and kind of the premise of it. And also, too, we'll look into this weekend's games. But to be honest, guys, once again, because the TV scheduling stuff, I'm not able to every you know watch every single game. Hopefully, SNY as today's. Uh, Nats-Mets game so we can watch it, but you know it's very challenging right now because there's no schedule for Masson to televise any of the national spring training games. And then we'll wrap up here with some talk about the odds for the division. Each show kind of moving towards the season now as we get closer and closer. I'm going to try to add some kind of odds talk in there. We'll do tomorrow some personal player props you know, MVP, things of that nature. But today, well, we're going to do some division winners. We'll discuss those odds over there at betonline.ag. So a whole lot coming to you guys today on the show. Hope you all enjoy. All right, let's get it rolling. Some surprising news over the weekend. The Nationals have released right-handed reliever Jeremy Jeffress. Now, if you guys remember, they did just recently sign Jeffress. And I'm going to read from ESPN.com this. Uh, it's, it's by way of the Associated Press. Quote, Jeremy Jeffress was, was released by the Washington Nationals on Sunday for what general manager Mike Rizzo called unspecified, quote, personal reasons, end quote, less than two weeks after the reliever agreed to terms on a minor league deal. The team sent out six uh, six-word tweet announcing the move. Rizzo released a statement about the right-hander via a team spokesman that did not offer an explanation, so, uh, saying only, quote, he was released for personal reasons, end quote. Jeremy Jeffress, 33, was expected to add a back end, uh, be a part of the back end of the Nats bullpen that already included Brad Hand, Daniel Hudson, Will Harris, and Tanner Rainey. Now, this led to a series of cryptic tweets via, uh, obviously via Twitter, he said, at Joshua Kusnick, who is his former agent, just ruined my life. I've been nothing but a great friend and client for him for over 10 years. Thanks, buddy. Somebody asked, agent simply got you a bad deal after a solid season. He goes, he is not even my agent anymore. Wrong. I am not what they say I am. Uh, I'm what God says. I don't deserve this false negativity. This is a quote tweet from Nat's talk. Um, and it says, Mike Rizzo spoke again about the release of Jeremy Jeffress and is sticking by his words that, again, it was for a personal reason, and he has no further comment on it, or nor will the team. That news took a very strange turn when Jeremy Jeff- Jeffress' uh, account on Twitter posted these tweets. So I, I don't really know what's happening here. Um, this is from Jesse Doherty. This morning, he says, Mike Rizzo is speaking with reporters and says the team is going to stick by its statement and the personal reasons. He says this is similar to how the organization approached the situation it was, as it was unfolding yesterday. Mike Rizzo came out and made it clear no one is going to publicly discuss the situation beyond the person uh, personal reasons. So, well, they said, pers- excuse me, they said personnel reasons. So not personal. They said personnel. 
So they didn't even, um, they did not even specify as it was personal. They said personnel, which is, which they could be construed obviously as like a roster move. But obviously I think there's something deeper going on here. Not going to speculate what it is, but let's just talk about it from baseball. And we hope he's okay. We hope his family's okay. I hope everything there is, is going to end up resolved and, and everything's fine. Um, wish him the best of luck too. Jeffress was very good last year. He was 4-1 with a 1.54 ERA, 8 saves, 10 chances for the Cubs. And he was going to once again be a part of that bullpen with Hand, Hudson, Valeris, Tanner Rainey, Kyle Finnegan, Wander Suero, all those guys. So that's one less arm the Nats have now. Obviously still those four guys I would mention, especially Hand, Hudson, Harris, and Rainey, still figure to be those back-end guys. But uh, Jeffress, Jeffress did give them some flexibility. Jeffress did present a guy who has been in those situations, has gotten saves before. And um, this is something the Nationals are going to, I mean, going to have to overcome. But, you know, luckily they built enough depth to overcome this kind of situation. I, I don't think uh, Jeremy Jeffress, you know, it was anything actually pitching related, performance related. I, I don't even know if he actually got any time uh, when it came to spring training. We'll take a look right now. But I, I, I don't think it was uh, really related to any kind of, you know, I don't think it was really related to any kind of actual performance-related issue. It might have been, but it's just very weird to see this happen. Yeah, he didn't even appear in a game for the Nationals in spring training. So, you know, odd circumstances surrounding Jeffress here. Uh, we'll try to get more word on it and give you some more reaction as we as we get it. But obviously, not a ton of information out there right now. Just kind of a weird move over the weekend. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll discuss uh, an article written by Patrick Reddington of Federal Baseball about this viewership issue that we're all struggling through right now trying to watch spring training. But first, a word from our sponsors, guys. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go there right now, create an account, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus. So if you deposit $100, they will give you an extra 50 on top of that. So that's how that works with that 50% bonus. And right now, guys, there's plenty of MLB futures. Uh, we'll actually look at some of those later on in the show today. Uh, obviously, NHL, NBA, college basketball is entering the NCAA tournament, so you get on the action there. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Go to betonline.ag today. Use that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N, locked on, and you'll receive that 50% deposit bonus. Also, go check out Locked On Today, new podcast from Locked On Podcast Network. Peter Bukowski gets you set every single day for the news and the notes you need in sports. 20 minutes, it's like the daily, but uh, in sports version. Go check that out. Locked On Today, wherever you guys get your podcasts from. All right, so the other day I had talked about, you know, the, the challenges for Nats fans of being able to see your team play. And the folks over at Federal Baseball had an article this one comes by way of Marty Nyland. I know the said Patrick, Patrick Reddington, but it is his site. Uh, this comes from Marty, and he just talks about really, you know, how a lot of teams across the across baseball are, are televising or having televised, uh, you know, around six to fourteen games for spring training. And right now, the Nats don't have any plans to televise uh, any. Neither do the Orioles, and there's a chance that it could be up to four, but. We really don't know, and and I, you know I feel your pain out there, guys, because you know I, I want to talk about that stuff. I mean, it's it's hard for me to fill thirty minute shows when I, I really don't know what's going on. I'm doing my best 
to read what's happening on Twitter, like I'm sure you guys are doing. I'm doing my best to read articles from places like Federal Baseball, which I'm sure you guys are doing too, watching those Zooms and, and trying to figure out what, you know, what is going on. Um, and that is something that we all really, we should really hope changes. And I know Masson and the Nats have been at odds for so long, but they need to get this worked out for the sake of the fans so the fans can watch their teams play because there's no reason that they should. Now, I'm going to say it again. This is an excellent opportunity to get excitement for the, the regular season, right? And also see some guys who down the line could be potential stars. That's why we want to see Cade Cavalli pitch. We want to see Jackson Rutledge pitch. Luckily, we did the other day, but only because the game was on ESPN. And either you have to pay more or use, once, as I said last week, nefarious means to go and watch these episodes. And uh, I really don't think that should be oh, episodes. Watch, the, watch these games. I really don't think that's how it should be. It really is not how it should be. I know some of the ways to watch, you know, are watching the Cardinals stream or watching it through the Mets stream on SNY. And it's not always, uh, not everybody's not really able to do it all the time. It can be challenging and there are certain blackout restrictions and rules that would, you know, stop you from being able to do it. So, uh, you know, this, this article over at Federal Baseball, I just encourage you guys to go check it out because it, it does kind of hit on a lot of our concerns and a lot of our frustrations. Um, Let's talk about some of the results from this weekend. And once again, I'm do the best I can to work with what I know, what some of what I saw, uh, to talk about these games. And the first game the Nats played on Saturday, they won seven to six. But or excuse me, this was Friday night. The story here was was Max Scherzer, and Max Scherzer suffered a drop in velocity, and that was something that was noticeable the other night, and something that people are trying to pick up on. You know, what what is this really? What does it really mean that Max Scherzer suffered a drop in velocity? We'll talk about specifically uh, how that manifested itself. The radar gun to the ballpark, this is according uh, over to our friends at Masson, Pete Kurzel uh, for Masson, says that the radar gun at the West Palm Beach uh, ballpark picked up Max Scherzer um, on the fa- a fastball that topped out at 92 miles an hour. Uh, an hour. Uh, a debatable decrease Velocity for a guy whose first spring training start was delayed by a left ankle sprain. So what does it mean? And David Martinez said the gun was quite off yesterday, so he either shut them off. Martinez said there was something wrong with it. Max was definitely throwing harder than 86, 87. A couple of balls, we had him at 93 and 94. So it sounds like it's nothing to be too concerned about. And once again, I wouldn't be either. It's a first start. He's coming off an ankle injury. I wouldn't say Max Scherzer's velocity is anything to be too concerned about. Obviously, if it persists, it's an issue. But if they're saying they have issues with the radar gun, I think it's safe to take them for their word on that. Brad Hand uh, threw an inning and got to uh, allowed two hits, but it will strike out two. Wander Suero, nice inning, three strikeouts, did a very good job. Austin Voth struggled in the inning in a third of work, four hits, two runs, two Ks, and we'll see what his spot is in the team. I think there's a lot of questions about what Austin Voth, uh, you know, what it's going to look like for him really, you know, this season and what his place is going to be uh, with the Nats. Uh, Josh Bell, two-hit game, able to drive in a run, worked a walk, and Yadiel Hernandez had a pair of hits. Alex Avila uh, was able to drive in three runs as well, and the Nationals won this game 7-6. to six. Not that it matters, but it's nice to see. And obviously Alex Avila is somebody we're wondering about. You know, hitting a three-run home run is nice because we're worried about his offense. Um, you know, Josh Bell was able to drive in a couple runs with, with a double. So on Castro drove in a run. Yadiel Hernandez driving in runs and uh 
you know, good to see Luis Garcia as well scoring on a throwing error. So good to see Luis Garcia, you know, with the Nats team. And I, I think uh, there's a chance we see him a little bit this season, but probably not a ton. So that is something to watch on that end. Then we'll turn to Saturday's action. Nats got another win. It was a 5-3 to three victory over the Miami Marlins. I always want to call them the Florida Marlins. It never dies. Patrick Corbin made his first start. He gave up a run. Three Ks. Daniel Hudson, one inning of work, did not look good. Uh, it, was, it was difficult for him, tough sledding, one inning, two hits, two earned runs. Will Harris got a clean inning, uh, or at least an inning didn't have any runs, he got up a hit. Game was only six innings, so there's not a whole lot there. And, and once again, something we haven't really touched on is that fifth starter spot. Uh, like, we've touched on it in general, but the last guy the, the Nats brought in was Rogelio Ormenteros to make a push for that fifth starter spot. Um, and he pitched... Five games last year for the Astros, or excuse me, in 2019 for the Astros, uh, only 18 innings pitched. So this is a guy, you know, that, that really have not seen a whole lot of. And I'm curious to see, you know, in his next uh, start, because I'm sure he'll make one here pretty soon, what we get from him. Because I think he's a guy who's got a chance to get that fifth starter spot with the way that both. And then also, you know, curious to see what Joe Ross looks like. And then Eric Fetty's not been great so far in spring training. So that fifth starter spot is still up for grabs when it comes to the Washington Nationals. We'll have some reaction from this game today. Uh, they're playing the Mets today. And we'll have that on tomorrow's show. Or excuse me, on a, yeah, tomorrow's show on Tuesday. We'll let you guys know on Wednesday and maybe even Thursday we're going to have um, another crossover episode. The Phillies... Uh, and Nats crossover week is this week, so I'm going to talk with Dan Wilson, and it should be contentious, uh, not you know negatively contentious, but I'm not very high on, on the Phillies, and I don't think Dan is going to be super negative, obviously, because it's the team that he's covering, and also he's a Phillies fan, so you, know, you have to be uh, honest about that, but I think it should be a good conversation, because uh, you know talking about these two teams, I think they're uniquely positioned to be the two teams that are kind of trying to push up at the Mets and the Braves, and I'll be interested if any of them can knock them off, and I'm interested if Dan thinks if either of those teams can knock them off. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's look at some odds updated from our friends at betonline.ag coming up for this season. It's plenty of uh, fun things to look at, player props, division odds. I had really good conversations with some uh, some friends of mine about division odds this weekend. I want to kind of touch on a few things in that realm. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Guys, we've talked about how much we love Built Bar, how tasty it is, how delicious it is. Now you get to tell us what your favorite Built Bar flavor is. You guys know it's March, so it's time for Built Bar Madness. Today's matchups over at Built underscore Bar. Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff, and then Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry in the first round of the Built Bracket. So you guys can go check that out at Built underscore Bar. And you guys can go vote on your favorites. We'll be having new ones each and every day that you guys can vote on. And you guys can check back each day to see what those are. Also, don't forget to use that promo code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N locked on at builtbar.com. Uh, it's locked on 20, excuse me. Use the promo code locked on 20 at builtbar.com to get 20% off on your next purchase. All right, guys. So something that's interesting that I would definitely want to look at here is the division odds because I talked to some friends this weekend and we had the conversation about really, you know, I've been talking about the favorites, obviously, uh, you know, who should be favored in these divisions. And I've been saying, I think the Braves should be the favorites in the National League East. They are not right now. And we'll see what our friends at Bet Online have to say about that. But I do think there's a bunch of divisions where I look at, you know, kind of the, the projections and I stack those up against the odds. And I feel like there's some cases where maybe those two things aren't necessarily kind of meeting themselves. So um, 
Let's go with division futures first. Let's check out our friends here, National League East. So they have uh, some advancement here on odds to win the NL East. The Braves have crept up on this book at Bet Online to a plus 130 favorite. The Mets are plus 140. Nats plus 675. Phillies plus 900. Miami Marlins plus 3300. So the Braves now overtaking uh, the the Mets as a favorite. You know, usually you don't see two lines this close, plus 130, plus 140 for two favorites. Usually you're going to see some some more disparagement in those two numbers for two favorites. But obviously it's a very tight race. They feel good about both those teams. But, you know, they're going to be one winner. So that's why I'm surprised those odds are that close. The rest of the National League, Dodgers minus 250 favorite. Padres plus 200. Diamondbacks plus 3,300. Giants plus 5,000. And the Rockies are plus 6,000. Um, Dodgers at minus 250, I feel like is right. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of people betting on the, on the on the Padres to, to win that division just because they've got some new talent and people like the new shiny objects. So I'm interested to see what people think about that division. If those lines get pushed at all by the public, by the way they are betting. The NL Central favorite to win that division is the St. Louis Cardinals. Plus 105, so slight favorite. The Reds are plus 350. Brewers plus 350. Cubs plus 525. And then the Pirates plus 7,500. This division is very interesting because it feels more wide open than a majority of divisions, um, you know, across all of baseball. Cardinals, Reds, and Brewers. You know, I, honestly, the Cubs should be up there, but we don't really know which way they're going to go. We think they're going to sell, but also they still got a lot of talent, and that division's not great. You know, I think the Brewers will be my second team, but they've got the Reds and the Brewers tied there. I'm not really high on the Reds this season, so I think that is some interesting to watch too. In the American League, the Astros are plus 125 favorites. The Athletics plus 155. The Angels plus 375. The Mariners plus 2200, and the Rangers plus 5,000. All right, in the AL East, Yankees minus 200, Blue Jays plus 350. And I think for a lot of you guys, that's where a lot of the value goes. You know, if I'm recommending, you know, if I'm saying kind of where my head is at, the Blue Jays plus 350 to win the National League or the American League East, rather, is a good bet. The Rays plus 500, the Red Sox plus 2200, and the Orioles plus 7,500. So the, uh, the two ways I'd go here is one, I think there's good value on the Blue Jays plus 350. I think there's great value on a flyer with the Red Sox. Uh, at plus 2200 A $100 bet would make you 2200 at the Red Sox. Ended up being very good this year. I know there's some stuff in transition, but still, you know, one or two injuries for the Yankees and uh, the Blue Jays, if they don't realize their potential, the Red Sox could definitely find themselves in a great spot in this division. So I think those are two kind of value bets that I see. White Sox minus 120 to win the AL Central Minnesota Twins plus 140, Indians are plus 900, Royals plus 3,300, Tigers plus 5,000. I love the Twins at plus 140 to win that division. Uh, I think it's a good bet. I think it's still a really good, solid team. Nash Walker, I think, would agree with me on that take as well. So those odds are interesting. Each day, guys, I'm going to take you through some different odds, courtesy of our friends over there at betonline.ag, just to you know, kind of get a, a sense for what we're heading up towards. We'll do some player props uh, coming up here on tomorrow's show, but today we're just going to stick with those division odds and, and some things that I found interesting. So, uh, you know, if you want to take a flyer on the Nats to win the division, I wouldn't, but it's plus 675. The Marlins, uh, excuse me, the, um, the Mets, and the Braves, still big favorites. And then a couple other ones I liked. Once again, the Red Sox, plus 2,200 to win the division. Uh, is a really good long shot. And then also, you know, if you're if you're kind of more invested in a 
very potential one, but high upside. Uh, the, the Toronto Blue Jays at plus 350 is a solid one, or plus 350 at plus 375, one of those two, is a solid one as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until tomorrow, please stay safe, everybody.